0: Hello, and welcome to this episode of We Work Europe. In this episode, we'll talk about an issue that doesn't get much attention, even though it affects so many of us. We're talking about disability and chronic illness, and especially about women and girls with disability and chronic illness. This group of people is estimated to be the most marginalised sector of the labour market. And is continuously threatened by poverty and exclusion from society. But there are women and men who are keen to change this situation and to get women and girls into good jobs. And we're going to tell you how they do that. This is We Work Europe. podcast of the European Centre for Workers' Questions.
1: But this fifth European Parliament of Persons with Disabilities reminds Europe and the world that for many... Accessibility is still the exception rather than the norm.
0: In May 2023, over 700 people gathered for the 5th European Parliament of Persons with Disabilities, where Roberta Metzola, President of the European Parliament, gave a speech. The aim of this gathering is to push for more equality for people with disability, with special focus on the European Parliament elections in 2024. And we're not talking about a minority here. An estimated 100 million people in the EU live with disability or chronic disease. Sixty percent of them are female, and the situation for them is especially harsh, says German activist Dunja Robin. She works for the initiative network Women Bavaria, an organisation with the purpose of assisting women and girls with disabilities and chronic illness.
2: I think it is very interesting to see that only about every second woman with disability has a job at all in the EU. Concrete numbers would be 49 percent, and the men with disabilities are a little bit better off. There we have 53 percent or 53.9 percent of men with disabilities who have a job. But women with disabilities, or from those women with disabilities who do have a job, only about 20% are employed full-time. Women with disabilities are at a risk of poverty. So,
0: when she advocates for the rights of this group, she is fighting for a group which is the most exposed to poverty and deprivation. According to a study from the German Sinus Institute, for example... Women with disabilities in Germany have up to €600 less net monthly income than their male counterparts.
2: We know that people with disabilities, regardless of their gender, have it difficult on the labour market. For example, because there are misconceptions about their health in general, about their productivity, about their loyalty and what do I know, all those weird thoughts people still have stuck in their heads, but for women there are more hurdles to overcome. For example, they have a higher risk of exclusion from career advancement than men with disabilities Women have a higher load of unpaid work and caretaking responsibilities, and I find it very interesting that the number for women with disabilities here is about as high as the number for women without disabilities. To understand these disturbing circumstances, it is
0: crucial to understand that different forms of discrimination accumulate when it comes to women and girls with disabilities and chronic illness. So, first, There's what we call ableism, meaning discrimination because of a disability. And then there can also be sexism, to name just two of the various discriminations this group faces. In many European countries, this exclusion is also institutionalised, says Katrin Langen-Sipan.
1: My parents supported me to go to a regular school. Um, I was the only student with a disability, So I wasn't really in touch with disabled people and I grew grew up in the non-disabled world and that makes a bit different. And then, of course, after a while there was a question, Okay, what kind of job, where is a job for you? And when um, the working agency, Arbeitsagentur, so-called, came around with, oh, we have an institution for you, or kind of a campus, we call it today campus, um, where you can uh, live and um, get a job um, under bad conditions,
0: Um, my parents were like, okay, why? Instead, Katrin chose to be a foreign language correspondent, and since 2019, she's a member of the European Parliament for the German Green Party, as the only deputy with a visible disability. She believes that to change the situation for women and girls with disabilities on the labour market, people need a different mindset. We have a very paternalistic um, belief. I was in France.
1: Um, I went shopping in a in a supermarket, and there was a special cashier for people with um, disability, elder people and and pregnant people. Um, I didn't know that. Uh, I was wondering when the worker in the supermarket said, "Okay, you can go there and pay. There's a special cashier. That seems to be very nice and friendly, but I don't need a special queue. I don't need a special category um, to pay my groceries. In
0: 2021, Katrin langen Siepan was the rapporteur for the European Economic and Social Committee on a report about establishing a general framework for equal treatment in employment. There is a link to the whole report in the show notes. In general, she argues, women and girls, and of course also other people with disability and chronic illness, don't need special treatment. Society must provide inclusive access as much as possible. At a European level the European Commission launched its Strategy for the Rights of Persons with Disabilities 2021-2030 to 2030, to foster equal opportunities. You'll also find a link to an overview of this in the show notes. Within this initiative, there are certain flagship drives, such as the European Disability Card, a document that aims to facilitate access to public services or even transportation in the whole EU. When it comes to gaining access to the labour market, some areas must be guaranteed by law. One way to get there, at least on a national level, are quotas, says activist Dunja Robin.
2: And I think as a first step, they actually can open new doors because then people are forced to try it out and to learn new things. And once there are enough women with disabilities in the workforce and people are convinced that this was a good decision, I am sure that quotas at some point would no longer be needed.
0: However, Katrin langen is demanding more. She wants to have an EU-based agency that focuses on the rights of persons with disabilities.
1: I would like to have a building in Brussels, um, Two floors, uh, persons with disabilities are hired, and they have a real contract and they are concrete, um, they are working concretely on the UNCRPD, observing the member states, reporting back to the committees. Um, we do have something like in Berlin, it's the Institution for Human Rights, they are the, on the national level, the observer.
0: And there's also a third dimension understanding that the word disability describes something very heterogenic and that, actually, disability does not necessarily imply something that you can see. And this means that a lot of education around this topic needs to be implemented within
2: companies, says Dunja Robin. Well, obviously the visible ones are visible at first glance. So if I, as a woman in a wheelchair, go to a job interview, the interviewer will immediately see, oh, there's a wheelchair, so we may have to check if our rooms are accessible for wheelchairs. But if I have an invisible disability, then first of all, I have to decide, do I want to talk about it or do I want to hide it? I have to make this decision basically every day with every new co-worker I meet, And that also means that the discrimination people with invisible disabilities can face are often more subtle and are often stemming simply from people not knowing better because they cannot see it and because they also don't know what to do when they know about the invisible disability.
0: There are already countries within the EU that do a great job when it comes to including people with disabilities, says Katrin Langen-Sipan.
1: I watched or visited interesting uh, projects uh, in Spain. So Spain is a good example. They do have the um, yeah, long history of social, of the social economy. Nothing is perfect, nothing is gold there. But when you really want to see how it works, how it can work, it's uh, Spain and parts of Austria.
0: We have added the projects Katrine Langen-Sipan is referring to in the show notes. Society as a whole could benefit from a more inclusive labour market for women and girls with disability and chronic illness.
2: One is we would reduce dependency on social welfare, because right now if a woman does not have work, she has to receive welfare and does not pay taxes. But every one of these women we integrate into the labor market will need less welfare, maybe no welfare at all, but will be a taxpayer. The second reason is, as you already said, we would have a much increased workforce and increase productivity. And the third reason is the inclusive and diverse workspaces we already talked about. We know from scientific data that inclusive workspaces increase productivity, creativity, cultural awareness, and they even give a positive reputation for the employer and increase marketing opportunities.
0: When we talk about women and girls with disabilities and chronic disease, we should be aware that we're not just talking about a minority. As numbers have shown, nearly everybody will at least know someone who belongs to this group. Trade unions, companies and civil society could work together to achieve real functioning inclusion. And this wouldn't just be an act of generosity – but an essential economical and societal advantage. So, that's it for this episode of We Work Europe. If you like We Work Europe, do give us a five star rating and don't forget to subscribe. Also, if you have any interesting topics or feedback for us, just contact ESA at ESA.org. We Work Europe is the podcast from ESA the European Centre for Workers' Questions, which receives financial support from the European Union. This podcast was narrated by me, Rebecca Sharp. Script and production by Escucha, Audio Identity.